Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. Hey everybody, I wanted to tell you that my next live webinar is on Tuesday, March 1st. It starts at 6 p.m. Eastern it's $25 per person, and there will be a replay sent to you afterwards. The webinar is all about decolonizing the body, how to stop making our body work for us and instead learn how to relate to it. In a culture that is highly rewarded from productivity, we start treating our bodies as things that are supposed to do what we want them to. And from that inner relationship with ourselves and that force and even dominance, comes an exterior expression to others, to other beings, to other humans, to other um, lands even. So understanding colonization through the lens of somatics lets each individual learn how to decolonize and relate to their own body as something to respect and to live with instead of it working for us. So if you're interested, go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and you'll find all you need there. Tuesday, March 1st at 6 p.m. Eastern. On today's episode, I will navigate the concept of who am I and replace it with where am I? Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Mujica. I was sick and depressed until I discovered that I could make music. And then my whole life transformed because I began learning how to listen more deeply. Listen to life, to the people around me, 
and to my body. And that's when I realized the body speaks through sensations, and learning this new language meant relearning my body and mind. I soon healed myself of many chronic conditions and then began teaching others how to do so as well. Holistic life navigation combines nutrition, self-inquiry, and somatic experiencing to help you release stress and trauma just by listening to your own body. This podcast serves as a place to share my experiences as well as the experiences of many others who have healed and are healing through unique, unorthodox, and unusual ways. Your time to learn begins now. So let's begin this episode with a very short practice. Notice the question, who am I? You can say it out loud right now. You can hear me say, who am I? You can think it in your mind. Notice how it feels in your body. What comes up to meet that question? Is it constriction? Is it ease? Is there a lot of energy trying to figure it out? Like, who am I? Now, slowly pivot to the question, where am I? And check that out. Ask yourself, where am I? And the first answer is is usually pretty practical. I'm in the car. I'm in the bathroom. I'm washing dishes. And then, where am I in my body? Where am I? The I, the consciousness, the witnesser, where am I? Am I with my body right now? Am I in this room right now? Am I thinking about something that takes me from this? Notice it. Who I am is something we're told to find out in life. I hear this all the time. People will say it's important to know who you are in this world. And I respectfully disagree with that. Who I am is a concept. It's a fixed state of being that doesn't give room for the nature of spirit, which is ever-changing, shape-shifting, and contradicting itself. To identify with one core identity is to diminish and bypass all of our other inconvenient and diverse truths. I used to identify with I'm the one who serves. That's who I am. First, I'm identifying with an action, with a behavior or an expression, as if the work I do or words I offer are me. They're not. It took me time to experience that I'm actually quite valid and wonderful with or without the work that I do or the service I provide. However, my identity of I serve meant I had to live up to an idea of myself an idea largely based on childhood trauma response of making everyone around me feel good so life was pleasant. This wasn't a desire of mine, it was a duty. So what if I asked the question, where am I? Where am I? Hmm. That question takes me from an identity or idea of myself and roots me right into now. Where am I now? The question roots me into sensations, into my environment in this moment, into my needs and my capacity. It breaks me free from the constriction of the construct of who I am, an idea, and liberates me into this moment now. 
I might not want to write an Instagram post or see a client or see my friends or family, or I might want to. But with the story of I am someone who serves, I'm going to experience major guilt and shame when I don't want to serve, because it's a fixed identity. And our nature is anything but fixed. I'm also going to feel resentment when I do serve out of a duty and a reflex rather than an actual natural desire out of an integrity. So try it again. Ask yourself, where am I? And notice what comes up. Where is your mind? Where is your body? What sensations are you feeling? Where are those sensations in your body? Notice how it feels to be where you are rather than grasping onto an idea of who you are, who you should be. Is it a relief or is it scary? I love this practice. It's essentially a practice of losing identity, which can be fucking terrifying depending on what that identity does for you, right? I, I speak a lot, lot about the fawning response when we are fawning, it appears that we're being nice or service oriented or making people feel happy. But it's really reflexive. It's something that just happens without even thinking about it because we're trying to appease someone. So if I've identified with my fawning response over the years, which I had at one point, part of that identity is going to be I'm the one that makes people feel good, or I'm the one who makes people feel happy, or I'm the one with a nice smile. That's who I am. And then what about when I'm not? What about when I don't feel like smiling? What about, I remember this one time I was working at a, a register at a grocery store and I was smiling so much that by the middle of my shift, my whole face hurt. You know, I didn't really want to smile anymore, but it was just this reflexive thing I would do with everyone because I wanted them all to feel happy and I wanted them all to feel loved and taken care of until I didn't. But when our nature when our truth, when our capacity says something other than our identity of who I am, that's when we have a, what we call identity crisis, breakdowns, midlife crises even. I find it so important to navigate because when we think of life and we look at nature and we look at our own lives, I mean, look at this last year even of your life, look how much you've changed. Your job might be the same, your relationships might be the same, but notice how much you've changed, your hair your skin, your eating habits, things you wanted to do and don't want to do, things you're interested in, the secret world inside of you that you don't know how to speak out or live out. We are constantly changing. It's the most predictable thing about this life experience is things will change constantly. And who am I is, is really such a concept of domination. It's a fixed identity to essentially overtake or dominate any other self-state that could be truthful or natural. I'm the one that always tells the truth until I don't. I'm the one that takes good care of their health until I don't feel like exercising. I'm the one who treats people with respect until I gossip about someone, right? So I find that when we lose the who am I and we lose the actual lifestyle of grasping for it, 
we actually gain this incredible new lifestyle of just noticing where I am. We notice where we are. We feel into what this now feels like. And there's so much information there. Because as you're listening to this, if you notice right now, if you breathe into your body and just feel into the now, it's not about calming down. A lot of a lot of this work of mindfulness is promoted to like relax you. My work is not about relaxing you. My work is about seeing what is currently with you in your body, in your mind, that you're not noticing because of your story, because of the distractions around you, because of your trauma responses. When we notice what's in us and where we are in this moment, that's when we actually learn a lot about the parts of us, about our needs, about our capacity. If I'm the one that's the really hard worker, that's my identity, I'm going to have very, very low tolerance for the parts of me that want to break. So when I feel tired, when I feel unmotivated, when I want to cancel a meeting, I'm going to probably bypass those needs of my body, push through the capacity of my body saying I'm at capacity because I want to cancel this and force myself to show up because that's who I am. What if I go to where I where I am? Where am I? Where I am? What if I go to there? Oh, I have a meeting in three hours. Right now, I have a headache. Right now, my headache wants to lay down in bed. Right now, I just want silence. Well, what's wrong with that? If this is the most important meeting of my life, and I have to attend it for my well-being, for my my life to be supported financially or any other way, I'm going to go into the meeting with this awareness that there's a part of me that doesn't want to. So when the meeting's over and I have time, I can then be with the part that didn't want to. Or before the meeting, I can say, let's just relax till then. Because I'm listening to my now. I'm listening to my current capacity. If I'm listening to a fixed state of who I am, then I'm pushing through all my nature that says yes or no to certain things because that's not who I am, this is. Why do we even want this in the first place? Like, why, why do us humans want to connect to an identity? Because identity is how we organize our reality. Identity is literally a concept. It's, it's an it's a avant-garde performance piece. It's a role. It's a drag that we put on. And in that role in that costume, we feel a sense of safety because there's a sense of control and predictability. And we have designed how we are seen and how we show up. And based on our lifestyles, based on the culture we live in, that feels very safe. Doesn't always feel comfortable, by the way, but it feels safe. Safe and comfortable, very different. Okay. You can feel really uncomfortable and that can be familiar for you. <clears throat> there can be like actually a safety in that because it's what you know. So if the unpredictable is threatening or has been in the past, you're probably going to create an identity that's so fixed, nothing can get through it, not even you. Which means all your other parts get pushed to the side. I'm not suggesting we all abandon our identities and change our names and quit our jobs. I'm not actually saying that's even the right thing to do at all. 
I'm saying, let's see what it's like just to ask the question of who I am. And notice how that feels compared to where I am. And you let your body show you. If who I am feels really good and you love that story and it makes sense to you and you believe it, awesome. If you feel that, the way I feel it at least, bit of constriction of grasping onto this identity and serving this identity for your life, <laughs> that feels exhausting, check out where I am. I'm here. I'm breathing. I'm thirsty. I have capacity for this. I don't have capacity for this. Living from that state means you are living within your authentic nature, which isn't always convenient for others or us. So building capacity for that nature is a huge part of the practice, which essentially means having enough room inside of your body. So when a change occurs or an ego death occurs and people react to it a certain way, or you even react to it a certain way, like, whoa, I didn't know I could do that or wanted that that there's actually a space in you for that charge that comes in with something new. I'm the one with long hair, and then you shave it one day because you don't like having long hair. The capacity to see yourself in a way that you didn't think was possible. That's what we start to build with this. So I'm going to close there. Take this little episode with you, share it with anyone you want to, and just keep noticing each day, when you ask yourself where I am instead of who I am, what comes up and which question serves you best? Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My question for you is, where do you feel the episode? Take a breath and just notice. What's your body doing right now? Sit with it. Let it speak to you. And let whatever comes up, come up. And your only job is to listen, for all the wisdom you need is right inside of you. To learn more about my work, you can visit holisticlifenavigation.com and sign up for my mailing list. You'll receive a bi-weekly newsletter with specific monthly topics, free resources, and upcoming events. You can also follow me on Instagram. If you like my podcast, please leave a review and share. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.